The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, my beautiful people? This is Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, well, 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 all be damned, because the French national team Pulled off one of the greatest come-from-behind wins I have ever seen. Perhaps it's it's got to be probably maybe the greatest come-from-behind win in the national team's history. Because here I am stand, sit, is thinking to myself, well, what could be greater than this one? Okay, maybe the final of the Euro 2000 when France was probably 10, sec- 10 seconds away from losing to Italy, but then Sylvain Wiltor equalized, and then France went on to win an extra time. Maybe, or perhaps the the famous semi semifinal clash with with Croatia in the nineteen ninety eight World Cup, which was on home soil. Perhaps, although let's keep in mind France only trailed for le- for less than a minute. But this game, the Nations League semifinal. As a matter of fact, I had forgot about this until I was re- reminded of this just last just just this past week, when I was told that a new a new squad had been recalled. I said what. France is not playing their final qualifying games till November for the World Cup of the next year in Qatar. And then I looked at it and said, "What? What? What? Why are they have? Are they having some exhibition games? I don't know about because usually I'm on top of all that. Whenever France is an upcoming exhibition game, qualifying game, whatever, I'm on top of it. But apparently this one, I guess I just decided I, well, maybe because I was just still extremely frustrated because of the lack of the lack of good progress in the World Cup qualifiers and because I've. Like I said, I've lost my religion with Didier Deschamps. I've been extremely disappointed with the national team because they can't get their shit together. And of course, you know, lately did that episode with Kylian Mbappe. And then of course there was that game, the infamous exhibition game between France and Algeria. Yeah, so all that, I really didn't think that the Nations League had still happened. Because I had forgotten that France had a semi-final clash in the Nations League against Belgium. Quite frankly, France is... France is most brutal, long-time adversary really is Belgium. Some would say, oh, it's got to be Italy. Some would say it's got to be Germany. No. France and Belgium have been have been rivals since, well, I guess since FIFA was launched. <laughs> as far as we know, the I mean, as far as these historic games between France and Belgium, I don't really know any of them. I mean, the one I, I truly know is, you know, the one nothing. 
win against a, a 1-0 win in the 2018 World Cup with France you know, edged Belgium 1-0. Samuel Mtiti, that header, that brilliant dance, the French defense being so iron rock solid. Belgium just not able to find a way to get to get the ball in the back of the net. Well, there you go. Uh, but as far as France and Belgium goes, I mean, I, I should really have my good friend and mentor, Steve, maybe give me some information on that. And since I know that he'll be listening, because he's just a, such a great friend and he's a very loyal supporter, Steve, hope you get better soon. You know, he, I'm sure he could give me more information. Of course, you know, he and I, we've talked about, you know, 1986, the third place game. And as a matter of fact, I believe the 2018 World Cup semifinal was France's first meeting against Belgium in a competitive match since 1986. So, well, I guess if, if that's true, I guess France has now, you know, has won three straight over their longtime historic rivals. <laughs> but this particular game, you know, when I, when I saw the, the squad that had been called... I noticed too, a lot of players were missing. Guys like Kingsley Coman, Thomas Lemar, N'Golo Kanté, but they're all injured. And that's been a problem. You know, N'Golo Kanté, I think, contracted COVID-19 like probably like four days, four or five days before Didier Deschamps announced this squad. So it's been a problem. These players are either injured or there's this, there's this problem with, with the COVID-19. Uh, as far as I know, I, I heard that Kingsley Coman, I, sw- I, th- I looked it up because I wanted to know what injury he had because I was completely not aware of it. Let me go and pull it up right now. I did look at it a couple of days ago, but I want to make sure that what I saw was not really pulling the wool of my eyes. Well. Okay. Oh. Oh, recently he actually had a heart surgery. I was totally not aware of this, but this one says... Uh, the fan-sided, uh, the, the fan-sided uh, section for Bayern Munich. I used to actually used to be a sports writer for fan-sided for the Texas Rangers when I was covering the Rangers. I was on the fan-sided uh, website, Nolan Writing, which was for the Rangers. So this one, for it's called Bayern Strikes. It's the fan-sided website of Bayern Munich. Says this came out about a week ago that Kingsley Coman returned to training after heart surgery. Okay. Okay. All right. Well. At least he's not going to be out long-term, so that's good. So, obviously, because he's recovering from surgery and he has to train with Bayern Munich, I guess, you know, Didier Deschamps decided not to bring him up. So, okay. And uh, so now that I did that with Kingsley Coman, I'd like to do the same thing with Monsieur Thomas Lemar. Of course, you know, three weeks ago, he had that 99th-minute winner for Atletico Madrid. It's <laughs> pretty amazing. I don't see anything about Thomas Lemar. Hmm. It's weird. I'm not sure. I mean, this. I mean, Thomas Lemar has been playing great with Atletico Madrid, so I would really ask myself, you know, how how did he not be selected? Okay. Oh, here we go. Okay. Well, September 16th. Okay. Uh, so middle of last uh, month, a story says Lemar would have missed three matches due to injury. Okay. All right. So I guess you know, as a precaution, Didi Deschamps decided to keep him out because you know, of course, you need all the players to be in top form. Okay. So that makes sense. All right. So this game, France and Belgium, the Nations League semifinal. You know, I should mention before this game that the day before this game, which was, you know, today as I'm recording right now, Spain took on Italy, and Spain ended Italy's 37-game unbeaten streak. Spain beat Italy 2-1. Spain looks fucking good. They look fucking tough. They might even be, they might even be better than the Spanish squad we saw 11 years ago 
that w- won the World Cup in South Africa. Like, better squad that we saw from 2008 to 2012. I mean, Spain, La, Fri- La Furia Roja, well, they are back. And the fact that, that France has to play them in Spain, uh, excuse me, not in Spain, that's actually it's in Italy. Actually, this game was in Italy. The fact that France has to play Spain, there we go, I stand corrected, correcting myself. Well, that really has me worried. Spain is tough, and France is still dealing with, 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 all, with all that bullshit, you know, the injuries, and, you know, and I'll, and I'll get deeper into this because, you know, uh, like I said, eh, I've lost my religion with Didier Deschamps, you know, questionable tactics, poor leadership, you know, it, it, it goes on and uh, it, it, it's, you know, it's driving me crazy. But after this game, you know, I'm, I'm still like, you know what, I'm not just going to go right back. I'm not just going to say, okay, okay, Didier Deschamps is actually great again. I'm not, I'm not like that. No, I mean. I'm still at that point where I, I'm, I'm not sure if I, I I'm not sure if I can trust this guy again. So I mean I've already lost my religion, so I, I I don't know if I can actually go back on my own onward on this one. But you know either way, Deschamps would be fired or whatever. I mean overall he still deserves massive respect because he did guide France to its second title twenty years after the first one. So no matter what happens to Deschamps. We should all forever be grateful for the good that he did do for the national team. And that's something I, I have to plead to my dad because, like, like you guys know, my dad has never been a Deshaun fan. He never will be. And he still sticks to his guns. I say Deshaun got lucky. It's because it's the players who won the title, not him. You know, and, and my dad's been a soccer fan, you know, long, longer than me. And I would say he's been a, a soccer fan as long as my good friend and mentor, Steve. You know, I, I would love to see, I, I would love to see my dad and Steve, you know, have a conversation based on soccer because... My dad and Steve have two brilliant minds and unique knowledges in the sport of soccer. I mean, way more educated than me. I mean, they've seen more than I have, so... Yeah, two geniuses crossing paths. That would be cool. So, anyway. So, as far as uh, this game goes, France and Belgium, I I really was like, there's no way the odds are in France's favor. Because Belgium is only stronger than they were three years ago in Russia. You know, Eden ha- and of course, you know, Eden Hazard, who had been struggling with injuries with Real Madrid the last, like, two years or so. I mean, so far this season, Eden Hazard has been healthy. And, of course, Romelu Lukaku is dominating with, with Chelsea. Excuse me. And I've got, got a little bit of hiccups going on right now. And, you know, of course, Kevin De Bruyne. You know, the likes of Axel Witzel, Toby Alderweireld, you know... Vertonghen, and of, and of course, you know, Yannick Carrasco, and just to take a more, Yuri Tielemans. I mean, Belgium's a load of, I, mean, I guess the point is, ladies and gentlemen, the Belgian national team is fucking loaded. Pretty fucking loaded. That's definitely no exaggeration. Some might say I'm just giving Belgium too much credit. I'm like, no, I don't think so. So anyway, yeah, Belgium, tougher than they were three years ago, a loaded squad, but most of all, they are still bitter that three years ago, France knocked them out of the World Cup. A one nothing win. A team, a game where Belgium's attack just kept threatening and threatening and threatening and threatening. And even before they could even get midfield, the French defense would, sometimes the French defense would stop them like that immediately after Belgium would begin to threaten. Oh, boy. France was just all over, you know, really just got deeply into Belgium's head that game and... 
And, and I figured this game, the opposite would happen. It would be Belgium getting into France's end, and Belgium would dominate the match, which did happen in the first half. But uh, the second half, well, not so much. So here we are going to this game. And, you know, and, and I want to say about Kylian Mbappe, ever since I released that episode, you know, Kylian Mbappe, you know, I, I saw photos of, in training, you know, of them training and practicing. Kylian Mbappe was all smiles, you know, he was like having a good time. That you know, there seems to be nothing wrong. So that really kind of justifies my belief that this whole idea of him quitting the national team had to be last summer, fresh out of the Euro twenty twenty. But anyway, and then when I saw, you know, he's well, here he is in the starting lineup. So that's good. You know, the, the starting lineup for France. You know, the formation. You know, a three by four by one by two. So basically, you know. Two strikers, one forward, you know, Antoine Griezmann all by himself, a, a four midfielder set and three defender set, you know, and Didier Deschamps deploying Benjamin Pavard as lo- along with uh, Theo Hernandez as midfielders. I-, I thought that was actually pretty decent, although Be- Benjamin Pavard has really just not been in top form lately. As far as, I, as far uh, from, from what I'm told is uh, he has not been able to make a, an impact with Bayern Munich. It's really unfortunate. Of course, Benjamin Pavard had a uh, dreadful performance at Euro 2020, but then again, the entire national team did. Same thing with Rabiot, and, you know, every, everybody did. So, you know, so I don't want to give up on Pavard. Pavard is young, and, and you know, and, and I'm sure he's going to be okay. You know, and for, and for Theo Hernandez, you know, who's Luca Hernandez's younger brother, I mean, I, I believe this was actually the first time since 1974 that, Fran, that the French team actually had two siblings on the team start alongside each other. I mean, I think that's just absolutely amazing. And in Theo Hernandez's case, this was only his second cap. His first cap was was against uh, against Finland. I believe he started that game. I actually want to click here and double check. Because Theo Hernandez has is, is got to be considered the hero from this game. And again, I'll get to that soon. I'm looking at... Yep, yep, he did start that game. Yeah, he did. And he started, he started, out, he started the game as a midfielder too. So, so even though Theo Hernandez plays def- defense... Um, with AC Milan, I believe he, I believe that's who he plays for. Let me double check on that as well. I'm I'm sure it's I know I know it's a Milan team, and I'm pretty damn sure it's AC Milan. But just in case, y'all know the old saying: better safe than sorry. Hmm. Yep, AC Milan, just like I thought. All right, but I'm glad I double checked anyway. So anyway, I don't have a problem with him, you know, being deployed as a midfield because you know Hernandez has speed and he's got. Great, you know, great kicking ability, you know, kind of like Pavard, so. So give the, the midfield a boost, I mean, you know, especially because Angolo Conte couldn't make this game again because of the the COVID-19 uh, drama, so, anyway. But, but look, you know, you see Rabiot and Pogba in the middle, and then, you know, Luca Hernandez, Varane, and Jules Conde, you know, starting. When I saw Conte starting, I was like, you know, no disrespect to Jules, but I... I told myself, you know what, President Kipembe should have been start, should have been in the starting lineup. That's for sure. But Kunde did have, did have some struggle moments, but he was able to redeem himself a bit. Obviously, he's got more work to do, but you know what? At least he made positive progress. I do believe. I still believe that Jules Kunde, you know, because he's young, and you know, and he's rumor has it that Chelsea is interested in getting the guy, and, and I feel like that would be a huge boost to his career. Because uh, Conde, I believe, plays for Seville at the moment. Yep, plays for Seville. He was 22 years old, and 
really has potential, shows promise, but you know, he, he just needs a boost, and you know, he's just got to build, and he'll be okay. So, anyway, you know, and look, and, and looking how, how Belgium countered, you know, their formation three, three by four by three, three defenders, four midfielders, and three forwards. Kevin De Bruyne alongside Romelu Lukaku and Eden Azar. <laughs> I was like, man. The fact that both sides are using a four midfielder set, I mean, I wouldn't be. I, I told myself, you know, if we're lucky, this game's gonna go into is gonna go into the penalty shootout. And three years ago, I predicted that France versus Belgium in that semifinal game would be ended in the penalty shootout, but that did not happen. And this game, this one, this not too. So I am zero two. I am zero two in predicting a game, a competitive match between France and Belgium going into a penalty shootout. But then again, in my case, I'm glad that he did go to a penalty shootout because France does not do well in penalty shootouts. It does not end their way. And that is heartbreakingly frustrating. Big time. Alright, now here we are. It's a game. So the first 30 minutes or so, both teams were kind of battling it out. You know, early on, Kevin De Bruyne came extremely close to giving Belgium an early lead when... Hugo Lloris made a fantastic save. Hugo Lloris had another moment from that amazing game three years ago when Hugo Lloris and Thibaut Courtois both stole the show. I mean, both goalkeepers just made fantastic save after fantastic save. And, you know, Thibaut Courtois made a fantastic save of his own. So so we kind of knew that, it, that there, there, would, there would be a bit of reminiscent from that game. So, anyway. But then France, you know, gets their chances of their own, okay? And they fail to capitalize, and then Belgium a couple of times the same. It's the same thing. Although according to the stats, France is the only one that had big chance missed. It says here, Kevin. Uh, excuse me, that Belgium didn't actually have a, a big chance, but Belgium did threaten numerous times, and they came close. I, I would say that Kevin De Bruyne's attempt was a, a big chance, but I, but I guess you know, I guess Goal.com kind of sees it different, so. So you know, it, which is which is fine. You know, it's cool. <sighs> Excuse me, phone went off for a second. I apologize. Uh, so then, anyway, you know, you know, and France had three block shots while Belgium had two. You know, looking at the shot, you know, France had sixteen total shots. Belgium had eleven. Man, you know, of course, you know, a combined fourteen fouls between the two teams. I mean. I guess that's what that's what that's what's gonna happen when, when uh, long historic rivals you know meet face to face. You know, you know France having 12, 12 crosses, only one of them was successful. Belgium had nine crosses, only two or two of which were successful. You know, France though, fr France though on a positive side, France had forty six successful duels. 14 successful take-ons, but, you know, the Belgian defense, 16 interceptions and 13 clearances, while France had 10 clearances, a combined 7 saves between Thibaut Courtois and Hugo Lloris. Hugo Lloris had 4, while Courtois had 3. So, very hard-fought game. Anyway, so now here we are. Okay. You know, and, and, and check this out. France had 7 shots off target, only 6 on target. So, anyway, so in the 37th minute, Yannick Carrasco 
catches Hugo Lloris completely off guard, and he's able to find the back of the net. And Kevin De Bruyne is credited with providing the assist. And I saw that play, and even though it frustrated me, I cannot deny the fact that Belgium pulled off an amazing play. When you have Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne is going to do more impressive things than he is going to disappoint you. Kevin De Bruyne has, has his disappointing moments, but overall, overall, Kevin De Bruyne is one of the greatest players of this generation. He's going to go down as one of the greatest midfielders of all time. So it's one nothing for Belgium. Now the pressure is increasing for France. Okay. And three minutes later, it's 2 nothing. Romelu Lukaku, on a brilliant play, puts, you know, just kicks the ball up high. Hugo Lloris probably never had a chance. I mean, sometimes I even ask myself, how the hell did that ball go in? It's just absolutely incredible. And Kevin De Bruyne once again provided the assist. So two assists for De Bruyne today. That shows the humble, the team player that he is. Do you know what? It's a team effort. In soccer, in any other sport, you win as a team. And Belgium has dominated as a team. So Belgium was basically doing what Belgium is known for. So it's 2-0 Belgium. It's going to halftime. You know, in, in Romelu Lukaku's case, if Belgium had gone to win this game 2 nothing. Or if Romelu Lukaku had been able to add an additional, uh, at least an, uh, an additional goal, maybe have a hat trick. This would have been a huge redemption for him because three years ago in the semifinal clash, excuse me, Romelu Lukaku had the most perfect golden opportunity to put Belgium up first, but he missed the ball, and the ball went out, and it was a it was a goal kick for France because Samuel Umtiti fell out of position. Giving Lukaku, you know, leaving Lukaku miles onside, way ahead, but Lukaku could not make contact with the ball, and that failed. So this goal, the way and the way Lukaku scored, that's definitely got to be some sort of, of redemption. But unfortunately, Belgium's two nothing lead. Well, it went away. So it's halftime, you know, and, and I did watch the first half of this game. Okay. And watching this game, just two nothing, just absolutely incredibly frustrated. I was so frustrated. I got on Twitter, you know. I even texted Steve, hashtag Fire Didier Deschamps. I got on Twitter, hashtag Fire Didier Deschamps, and I even having a conversation with a, with another French American patriot like me. And I also had a conversation. I'm gonna pull up the dude's account. I. He's, I believe, he's a Swedish sports writer from uh, a Swedish. Uh, uh, excuse me, he's a, a Swedish uh, PSG supporter. Let me see if I can pull the dude's account up. He's a great guy. I've had my, uh, you know, great conversations with the dude. You know, he, I'm sure he's subscribed to the show. Okay, well, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> his Twitter name it just says PSG, and it's got the French and the Swedish flag. Okay. Okay. So he was born in Paris. And it's... I'm not sure what this word means. Expat in Stockholm. Let's see what that means. Okay, I guess... Uh, I guess that means he lives... I guess he lives in Stockholm. Okay, he, okay. well it says here, uh, uh, expat. A person who lives outside their native country. Okay, so he's a Frenchman who lives who lives in Sweden. Okay. Fan, fan since the 90s. Okay, so he's a, li he's a lifelong soccer fan. He's probably a few years older than me. 
Okay, and you know, I had, had great conversations with the dude. You know, it says Abokel, then underscore E. But anyway, you know, and, we, and I spoke to him, and you know, we were you know, <laughs> at first, you know, the, after the first half, we were just like, you know, like, you know, Zida needs to take over, and then, you know, with the other dude, uh, the other French American, uh, a patriot, compatriot of mine, you know, you know, basically agrees with me. He does to take over, but he does point out that he fears that the French Football Federation are too stubborn to make the change. I mean, they they definitely are stubborn. The French Football Federation is a bit stubborn because, quite frankly, I, I still stick to my guns when I say Deschamps should have been fired after Euro twenty twenty. And you know, what? here's the point: my dad refuses to accept Deschamps taking responsibility for Euro twenty twenty because my dad says. If Deshaun truly wanted to take responsibility, he would have given up the post. Now, my dad does have a point. I mean, some say, yeah, he definitely should have. Or maybe he said maybe Deshaun should have been given at least one more chance. I just feel like, you know, going into Euro 2020, I was already at that point where I was losing my religion with Deshaun anyway. So I wanted, I really would have loved Deshaun to, to, to be, to go and then for Zidane to take over. But, but then again, Deshaun's contract runs through 2022, it'll expire after the next World Cup, so so I think no matter what, Deschamps does, doesn't sign a new deal, he leaves, his contract expires, he leaves, and then, then we start the Zidane era as manager. And no disrespect to Deschamps, but I just still believe that no matter what happens, if France has a brilliant World Cup, if they make it to the Final Four, I still think it's going to be time for a change. It's going to be time for leadership, it's going to be time for a new era of prosperity. So... So, anyway, so going back to the game. So after that, it, so so then the second half starts, and now I and then now I basically put my phone down. I'm looking at the TV again. I was actually in a pub, the great, the great, the greatest pub I've ever, I'm honestly ever been. You know, well, okay, I haven't been to enough pubs, but I gotta admit the pub I go to, it convinces me to. I'd rather go there than go to a sports bar because you know what? Even during football games, the place is quiet. You can actually enjoy the game in peace. Well, with those big soccer games, that place is crowded. But you know what? The Londoner and Col- the Londoner is the best pub I've ever been to. Section- there's one in Colleyville and one in Addison. If there's any listeners in DFW, the Londoner is the place for you. If you want to, if you want to go watch soccer, the Londoner is the best place to go. Anyway, I tried to stop getting a little off subject. <laughs> Sorry, but anyway. So the second the second half starts and within the first ten minutes nothing really happens. I mean, France is you know s- still trying to pick up the pace, but but then in the, in the sixty second minute something magical happens. But I have to admit, even that didn't convince me that France France had any chance of coming back because I felt that Belgium would not allow France to to equalize. That Belgium would just you know not long after Belgium would put the ball in the back and then again. And it would be a double goal lead for Belgium. In the 62nd minute, Kylian Mbappe basically did exactly what he should what he should have done, and he kind of took my advice. He made it happen on the pitch he, to silence his critics, to sh- you know, and to show that he really is a good player, that he can recover from what happened last summer. He provided a beautiful, and I mean an absolutely beautiful assist. To Kareem Benzema, and Kareem Benzema put the ball in the back of the net. 
I love to see Kareem Benzema and Kylian Mbappe both doing great things together on international duty. And God willing, that's going to start soon at Real Madrid. Because Kareem Benzema still has great years ahead of him. Kylian Mbappe still has a whole life ahead of him. A hell of a career ahead of him. Mbappe is not even in his prime yet. Prime yet. I think this is the beginning of something huge between Benzema and Mbappe. And of course, Benzema is a, it could be you know, a, ment- a mentor and a teacher to Mbappe. Just like Zinedine Zidane. That's why I'm hoping Zidane takes over the national team soon. Because again, it's time for a change. It's time for a new leadership. It's time to make France stronger than it's ever been. And again, no disrespect to Didier Deschamps. So, it's 2-1. to one. But then seven minutes later, something happens. Antoine Griezmann goes down. Okay. At first, the French players, of course, they want the penalty. They, imme- they immediately single for the penalty. I... Th- I, I kind of missed that part a little bit because when this penalty took place, I actually had to step down to go use the restroom. So obviously, I went to the bathroom at the wrong time. But it's really no big deal. Because then I looked at my phone and then says that there's a possible penalty uh, which is under review. So the referee went to the VER to check. And after that, the referee awards France the penalty. Okay. Well, there's a, this is the chance for France. You know... And I looked at I looked at the the replay of the penalty. It from a long shot, it looks as though Antoine Griezmann dove, but if you look closer and closer, the the Belgian player did kind of you know put his foot on Antoine Griezmann's ankle, I believe, which I I think that was the, the dead giveaway. I mean, I, that's why I'm, I think that's why they reviewed it. I mean, the referee probably looked at the replay immediately, but then double checked and did a review. So that being said, I. I still am 50-50 because, I, because Antoine Griezmann, whether he, he was touched, I mean, he, he sold the whole thing brilliantly. So, yeah, he really did sell this big time. So, France is awarded the penalty, but guess who takes the penalty? Not Karim Benzema, but Kylian Mbappe. And I talked about a moment of redemption early on. Well, for Kylian Mbappe, this was his shot to gain some redemption, to help him moving forward, to regaining his confidence... And basically eliminating what happened to him last summer. I am 100% positive that Kareem Benzema went up to Kylian Mbappe and said, Look, I want you to take this penalty because I believe in you and I know that you can do it. And I want and I want you to take it. That If that truly did happen, which I know it did, that is leadership and that is mentor. That is friendship. That is what I love to see. The veteran player telling the youngster... I believe in you, and I want you to take this penalty. And Kylian Mbappe took the penalty. He put the ball into the back of the net. And ladies and gentlemen, he did it in the most absolutely brilliant way possible. And I'm sure that one day he's going to basically outshine this particular goal. But this was probably the greatest penalty I've ever seen Kylian Mbappe score. Incredible. That was a moment of redemption right there. In the game... He provides an assist to Kareem Benzema. He scores. Now, people say, okay, it was a penalty. But you know what? A penal- uh, he needed to redeem himself from a penalty. And he did it on an absolutely brilliant way. That ball just... Boom. 
And, you know, Thibaut Courtois did not go in the wrong direction. Thibaut Courtois just could not save it. Because Kylian Mbappe shot it upright, okay? Yeah, way upright, and boom. Just like that. Just like that. And the risky way, too. Mbappe did the risky way, and it worked. So it's 2-2 two to two France. 69th minute, so I'm like, I'm like okay, okay. Maybe, maybe there is a chance after all. But then I thought... So part of me said that, but then I'm like, well, now Belgium, the Red Devils which is their nickname, now they are fucking pissed. Because their 2 nothing lead is long gone. Up 2 nothing, And then on a, on a seven-minute span, you let you let France score two goals. <laughs> and there's 20 minutes left, so France has to find a way to maintain discipline, stay focused, find a way to get the job done. However, in the 87th minute, something scary happened. Because it looked as though Romelu Lukaku breached the French defense and found the back of the net again. Goal.com, apparently it looked like Goal.com actually confirmed the goal because, like that. But then the goal got reviewed, and it was, it was nullified. Ruled for offside. I didn't check the replays on this one, I, although I believe I should. Probably. But man, that is a lucky break for France. So I said to myself, and the fact that this was in the 87th minute, if the goal had been ruled legitimate, that would be the end of it. There would be not enough time for France to find a way to find a way to equalize one more time. That would have been the end of it. But the goal is offside. France can breathe a huge sigh of relief. So I said to myself, well, you know what? France needs to find a way to score now. But I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought, okay, well, realistically, I think France is probably just going to fight. It's probably going to try to score, but they're probably just going to aim to make this go into extra time. But ladies and gentlemen, that too did not happen. Because in the 90th minute, well, yeah, close to the 90th minute. I actually looked at the highlights. Yeah, close to the 90th minute. Theo Hernandez gives France the game-winning goal in an absolutely spectacular fashion. And in Theo Hernandez's case, not only was he playing alongside his brother that day, but he was playing on his birthday. And what what better feeling than to score your first goal for the French international team on your birthday? I mean, what better moment than that? Okay. Just absolutely incredible. And now keep in mind, I actually thought I actually uh, had to be reminded that this was actually his his second cap, his second start too. He started that game against Finland. But in this one, and, and, and this one, in a heavy competitive semifinal, he gives France the game-winning goal. And France came from behind. And the way he scored it, just absolutely brilliant. Makes the run towards the ball, final second, and boom. Absolutely. I mean, even, you know, Thibaut Courtois, even though he put his hand on even Thibaut Courtois just could not save that ball. As brilliant as Thibaut Courtois is, he could not save it. The fact that a young kid, you know, beats you know the veteran goalkeeper, the veteran goalkeeper who's one of the greatest goalkeepers also from this generation, who's been dominant, at least for Belgium. I mean, he's been dominant for Real Madrid, but he's had he's had too many Real Madrid woes as of late since he moved from Chelsea. But Tio Hernandez, an absolutely beautiful golazo. Tio Hernandez, you take a bow, my friend. You take a bow because you made something 
absolutely awesome. The way you scored that ball, what a masterpiece. An absolutely unique golazo. And that's going to go down in the, on the history of the national team. Believe me, people will be talking about this. So this French national team, the fact that I had given up on them after the 2-0 game, they come back, score three unanswered goals in spectacular fashion, is brilliant. So I said to myself, you know what? We, If the players looked, came together and said, look, we got to do something about it, okay? We're going to do something about it. Okay, the players now. I'm sure you know the captain. I've said, look, to, came up to his players and said, look, we can all do this on our own. We can play our own way. We can win the game. And if that's what they did, and that's brilliant. Because if the players are trusting one another, if the players are playing as a team, that is what the French national team needs. And I believe they did that. So all I can say is, great job, guys. Now on to the final against Spain. Let's pull off the upset against Spain because, like this game, Spain is heavily favored. The odds are not in our favor, in our favor one bit. We are the major underdogs. We need to prove the critics wrong. And if France can do that and beat Spain, well, that is something that they can be proud of. And if and if furthermore, for Kylian Mbappe, if Kylian Mbappe makes an impact, well, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to remind the world and the critics just how great of a player he is. And that's going to convince them, furthermore, that the French national team needs him. That he does have a spot, okay? Not only does he have a future with the national team, not only do, the, do, do his, French, do his uh, international teammates need him, but the, French, but, but the French football national team overall needs him. They need him. Ladies and gentlemen... Into the NFC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you very, very much for joining me this evening, and I will see you all next time. Allez les bleus! These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.